Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and this is part two of the pod I recorded with co-host Justin Hausman. If you missed part one, it's available now, so go back and check out our conversation about Houdini and Patagonia and how much stuff the industry makes. On this episode, Justin offers a review of his new favorite bike, and we get into some outdoor industry and community headlines. But before we get to that, it's the last week of September, which means it's the last week of secondhand September, so you have only one place to go this week, and that's GearTrade.com. Since 1999, GearTrade has been your go-to home for unnew outdoor gear and apparel, and this week, and next week, the Rock Fight will be taking over GearTrade's blog, so head to GearTrade.com right now, shop, learn how to sell your unwanted gear, and bookmark it so you don't miss out on the Rock Fight's GearTrade takeover. All right, let's start the show. Let's uh, be, we got some other headlines, but I know number one, you were very hip to talk about your new bike. You want to you want to tell us about? Oh your new yeah, bike? we're planning a Barry a bike packing trip. It got moved to early November. And the important thing is for us, it's still on the calendar. It's gonna happen. But you, in anticipation of that you got a new bike, what'd you get? I did. Well, I got a a, a new version of a bike I already had, uh, which is the Hudski Dogler. And I think Hudski is if you if you are. Um, a gravel bike person or like a bike packing person, you probably heard of them because uh bikepacking.com has covered them quite a bit. Mm. And the Radivist just had a big article about about them. Um but they make like they make one bike, it's called the Dogler, and you can get it in like three different builds. But it um it's a rigid frame, very like cool looking frame, uh nothing no fancy crap. Like it has a carbon fork, but that's pretty much it. The higher spec ones comes with like a dropper post. Um, but everything else, I mean, it's just, it's just a good solid bike that you can bike pack on. You can do single track on, you can ride around town. There's just a freaking Epic bike. And like, I, I bought the first one when it came out a couple of years ago and they kind of rejiggered the, the design a little bit. So I just got the, um, I sized down a little bit and, uh, this one's a little bit slacker, a little bit more like swoopy on trails. Um, but I'm just like, I'm just so impressed. I'm just so impressed by their bikes. Well, so there's the gravel. I'm looking at their website, yeah. mountain tour and city bike. Which one did you get? gravel um the only real this, difference is the mountain tour comes with the 27.5 wheels but you can buy that wheel set okay. anyway um so you went 29 uh, is, it, is it 29 or 700 yeah, it's a tw- it, it's 29 so it's a flat bar i mean honestly it looks like a rigid mountain bike yeah it kind of it kind i mean it kind of is like a rigid mountain bike from like the 90s but it, but with but with weight but the it looks like that at first glance but like the geometry is is like very modern like the head tube angles the slackness the reach all of that is super modern um they're just they're just i don't there's just something about these bikes they they do a f- really really good job i mean everything about it is super quality like they they design their own bars they make their own bars they have all these really cool little touches on them um but uh it, it's like a bike you trust no matter what i mean i will like i I end up riding it more often than not lately because I just come kind of getting more into gravel riding. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't, it's just one of those things where you just feel really good about it. You feel good about them. Like they're just, it's a guy that, two guys, one of them used to work for Specialized. They're, you know, like designers by nature. Um, uh, and uh, they're just badass. God, it's just a great freaking bike. Like read the, read the Radivist, Radivist review. Okay. Um, that came out like a couple weeks back. Um, and it basically just says all that same stuff that it's just, it's just, it's a, a bike. It's like when you were a kid and you had one bike and you did everything on it. Like, yeah, that's this, you know, like you rode it to school. You maybe you rode it to a dirt jump place. Maybe you, whatever, you went on a little adventures with it. Like that's this bike. Um, I think that's why bike. I like my, my Surly Straggler. That's the one I'm going to bring on this trip. And it's, it, the wheels are smaller. You'll probably be faster than me just by, it looks like that looks like a faster bike. But the thing I like about it, I just, 
I've never been more comfortable on a bike. And I every where, yeah. no matter where I take it, what I ride, and like if you take it on something that's a little more than the bike can handle, it's like, okay, well, don't go a thousand miles down this. Or, you know, or just, but just, or just, just walk just, it. That's fine. Yeah, right. And I, yeah. I just, I'm not the best at controlling the bike. I'm not, I'll never be like a, a trials guy, you know, like Danny McCaskill is a magician. If you ask me, like, I don't know how people do stuff like that, but so, so to that, and with that in mind, like it just, I love the way I feel riding that bike. And it kind of sounds similar to your experience on your doggler. Totally. And it's, they're not like, you know, it's, so I got the, the higher end one that comes with like all mostly SLX stuff is 2,200 bucks. I think they're on sale, but like normally it's 2,200 bucks, which to me yeah. at this point now is a great price. Like that, you know, five years ago, that would have been a lot. I mean, there's no moving parts, right? Like there's no suspension anywhere. Right. Um, but to me, that's a solid, I mean, the bike, everything on it is great. I mean, the, the components are wonderful. Uh, and now they make a Dior version, which is what I got. Um, uh, and it's like 1600 bucks and there's no dropper, uh, but it's Dior drivetrain. And then like you, you start moving down into the, uh, non SLX, non name branded Shimano brakes, which work just as well. Right. MT eight tens or something where they don't, they don't even bother to give them a name, but they're the same innards as like SLX. I closed the top. Is it chromoly steel or is it aluminum? It's aluminum. Okay. Um, with a, uh, with a carbon fork. Uh, so it's super light, but even then it's like, it's, it feels it ha- like it's super compliant. Like it, it, you know, they just feel great. They're they're quiet. They don't make a lot of rattles. They, they're just smart. And like I don't even think I I got this one thinking. Well, I you know I have dropper post lying around. I'll just put a dropper post. I don't even think I'm going to put a dropper post on it. Like it's just it's just it's so clean. The cockpit's so clean with just the the two brake cables and a shifter cable. Yeah. Um, or brake hoses and a shifter cable. It's just so nice. And like really, the only time I use a dropper post on a gravel bike is like if I'm waiting at a stoplight and I just want to like sit lower. Oh, all right, man. Well, it sounds like you're so you're gonna be riding the Hudski when we go. Um, we I'll go be riding. on the Hudski. Well, either way, I would have been on the other Hudski. Which reminds me, anybody who is looking for, if you like what I just said about the Dogler, about to put mine up on Pink Bike. Okay. Um, I I would consider shipping. Um, but it's extra large version one. Uh, if you're interested, myrockfight at gmail dot com. Send us an email. I'll, I'll I'll put you guys in touch. Yeah. So another thing I saw in the news the last couple of weeks I wanted to bring up with you is uh, Chaco is promoting two new footwear silhouettes. And, and we are a, a, a bedrock podcast, and you know, we fully aligned behind them. But it made me think, because mm. they've Chaco's tried to have boots and sh- uh, shoes for going on like a decade now. I feel like that was early 2010s when they started wow. expanding their line. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Damn. yeah and they, they have a new Chelsea boot called the Fluff, which is kind of a fluffy Chelsea, and then a, a, a field boot with a lace. And it's not really newsworthy to be they're adding styles, but it got me thinking about just brands and products. And this goes a little bit back towards the making more stuff, you know, and despite, you know, the need to grow revenue to grow revenue is a brand like Chaco, a good take, a good type of case study just for staying in your lane and being who you are. I mean, you almost answered that a little bit to me when you're like, you didn't even know they made shoes. You just think of Chaco is the sandal company. But like the mountain clog is an interesting example from bedrock because the mountain clog to me just feels like a bedrock. It doesn't feel like. We're making shoes now, right? It just feels like, oh, that's a good line expansion. Yeah. But when you say Chaco, I think Z-Strap River Sandals. So, I don't know. Like, what do you what do you think about that? Like, if 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 you know if they if if all of a sudden Bedrock started making shoes, would that bother you? Well, not if there's a reason. I guess you know, like maybe these are uh, maybe the Chaco likes like last for the sandal like turns into a really good boot i don't know like i don't know yeah. i have to i guess maybe i'd have to try one um you know i i met before we recorded we we're talking about it and like i didn't know keen made uh 
boots really until recently. Like I, you know, I always thought yeah, of them as the yeah. goofy sandal brand and I guess had like gun to my head. I might've mentioned that I may have seen like an actual hiking shoe somewhere, but honestly, not really. And I don't know who, I mean, it's interesting. Like Keen does Keen has never reached out to like me ever about like testing any of their stuff. So they have a, they have a different marketing brand than plan than most of the outdoor brands out there. But anyway, yeah. um, like I didn't know they had a full suite of like badass work boots and stuff that apparently are fantastic. So it'd be easy to be like, why are they doing that? That's stupid. But it turns out there, there's like a giant legion of like hardcore, like oil rig bros who love keen boots, you know? So like maybe Chaco's got the same program going on. I that don't know. actually, so I can follow the tea leaves there, right? Cause you know, keen becomes known for a big toe bumper and it's like, it's almost a protective thing. And you can kind of follow that, that logic. You know, I think the like I mentioned, the mountain clog looks like that. Just looks like a all season bedrock. You know, it's like let's just cover yeah. your toes and give you a little bit more versatility here. I think it's the fact that it's like a Chelsea boot. It's like, well, if I think Chelsea boot, I'm not thinking Chaco. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, right. Chaco make other things, but what's the natural extension of Chaco? You know, I don't know. I, I just kind of wasn't. I, I agree. Right I also don't own a, ba- a business, but if I did, well, <laughs> not really anyway. And if I did. I would make one or two things and I wouldn't hire anybody and I would just make what I needed to make from that. So like, I don't, that's the thing. I think we've really probably figured it out earlier. Yeah. We're talking about these brands making so much stuff. They, they have giant ecosystems they have to support at a certain point. Right. Um, but I, I just wouldn't do that. I mean, uh, there are plenty of like little tiny brands where it's like a few people making the same thing and they've been doing that for a long time and they do just fine. That's that, that would be what I would do. Right. So like, if I had a brand, you wouldn't have heard of it unless you lived probably near where I am. <laughs> you know, like that would. <laughs> so, like, you wouldn't be wondering why is he making all this other stuff? Because I would make like the same couple things. Well, that's your dream, man. That's your that's your little locals only dream, right? It's like the, the Kinda. surf, surf well, localism for outdoor apparel. It, it's not even that. It's more well, partially, honestly, like the little cottage <laughs> industry that like reflects where I live in Marin. I mean, that's awesome. But also at the same time, it's like why you know you make enough money to like not have to do much else. Why would you possibly? Why would you want to like sell, make more sandals to s- sell more to work harder at it when you could have just been fine with the Z strap chacos that you probably started thirty years ago in Santa Fe or wherever the hell they're from? Yeah, yeah. The, pa- Paonia, Colorado. The, I think the. Uh where they're from originally it is interesting these sort of legacy you know the term legacy media company gets thrown around these legacy outdoor brands who came up in the age of we're going to be the next billion dollar outdoor brand or get acquired for some huge amount what are the next brands going to be i think they're probably going to be more in line with what you're describing we're moving into some more community news there was a couple of articles that uh, that you bounced over in the last week or so that were pretty interesting you know there's an american researcher in istanbul Rescuers pulled him out of a cave where he fell seriously ill and became trapped a thousand meters, which is more than three thousand feet below its entrance over a week, which sounds completely harrowing. Um, the thing that I kind of zeroed in on was that he fell ill with stomach bleeding. Which yeah, I've <laughs> so- I've dug I dug into this a bunch. I think it I don't think it's related to his like I think he just had. I think he just got some really messed up gastrointestinal things going on anyway that just happened to like get really bad while 3,000 feet, 3,000 feet below the surface of the earth. Well, that's me. It was oddly, it was like, not he broke his leg or whatever. It's kind of like, if you're prone to this, why are you going so far into the earth? I guess is my question. Or maybe, maybe is there some kind of like reverse elevation? Like if you get too low. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're thinking that does, him going yeah, down does, there caused it? I mean, I guess I'm claustrophobic, so that's probably part of it. But, like, the whole caving thing to me is, like, 
I've seen some cool pictures. We did a yeah. cool uh, uh, portrait or um, I'm sorry, uh, portfolio series in AJ a couple issues back where this guy that does these absolutely spectacular cave photos. Mm-hmm. But I just have never understood that, man. You took that was the next thing I was going to say. I It's just one of those, you know, a lot of times people say like even the things that you and I like to do like, oh, I could never or I would never. Why would you want to do that? And it just seems so obvious why you'd want to do these things. It's spelunking and caving, you know, it, I guess you could do the thing. You ever see like the pictures where it's the big open cave and someone's like, exactly. like a free repel down into it. That's exactly cool. what I was thinking of with the photos. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, also, you can, that might be kind of fun, but to go in these tight little crevices, man, like no way. I guess this guy, his fiance was with him, by the way, this caver guy or whatever. So how, like how, how, how gnarly is that? Just like, hmm. he, he, uh, some of the interviews he talked about how he thought he was going to die and then thought maybe he'd be okay and then was sure he was going to die. <laughs> he had these back and forth like a bunch of times. All the pictures that you see of him out of it, he's like laying in a stretcher and you, it doesn't matter what the angle is, you can see this giant smile. Like He's just so stoked <laughs> to not be down there anymore. Uh, we had a handful of, this is also from earlier this month, a handful of wildlife enthusiasts were probably hoping to catch a glimpse of Katmai National Park's famous brown bears when they logged into, logged on to a live stream of a remote Alaska mountaintop last Tuesday, again, earlier this month, but the resident celebrities were nowhere to be seen when a distressed hiker walked into view and instead pleaded for help. And I, I'm really glad this guy's okay. They went out three hours later and they got this guy. He was having a tough time. I'm honestly jealous that I wasn't one of the people who turned on the webcam just to oh see this God. dude like this tapping on it. Dude. Like, Hey, well, you know what's, <laughs> what's amazing is I, I was thinking about this. Like, I don't think I would have occurred to me that that was real or that I should do something about that. Like if I was watching <laughs> that and I saw that happen, I think I'd be like, well, who's this? This, this is Joker. Fun. This isn't funny. Anyway, back to Twitter. You or, know, like, or this some, is this is the guy fixing the camera that's obviously broken because there's a guy on it. <laughs> that would be good, right? Like I, I, <laughs> I don't think it would have occurred to me to call the cops or whatever that version is. Call the Rangers. Like I don't. Or what? What did they even do? This is a, what this did is they a do? Che- <laughs> this is a big check in the old technology column. Like I said, you being a tech hater, you probably would have been stoked if this guy just died. Like nope. You should got to figure it out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but what did they even do? I didn't read enough. Like, who did they call? Did they just put a comment on the YouTube stream? Hey, there's a guy. So what did they do? Yes. Yeah, they said, uh, there's someone distressed on the camera. One viewer posted in the rolling comments beneath the stream. That message was seen by a volunteer chat moderator. Wow. Who turned it, which is awesome. Then, then they turned it into a ranger. And then they reviews, reviewed the footage. It's amazing it only took three hours. Because if you think about that, because, I mean, wh- who wouldn't have the reaction like you just described? Like, oh, there's just some guy out there. You know, like, that's there was fine. One, there, there was one part of the story that I read and that annoyed me. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I've, it's, it's funny because it's like I don't, I don't have any idea what actually happened. But immediately I became annoyed because it was, it was like when they found him, he was kind of far away from the camera. I was like, you fucking dipshit. Oh, I would have camped out there. I would have been, yeah. I would have gotten naked. You know what I mean? I just would have like anything, like, please. I, just like, I don't know why that bothered me, but I'm just like picturing some guy just like wandering off. Like, now what? You know what I'm saying? I just, how would you know? He had, he had no idea if it was on, but still in my head, I was annoyed. It's like, don't make them find you. They're already like, just. <laughs> He's playing hide and seek with his life. He's just like, I'm yeah, going to well, go over here not, now. Like, what, well, what if they do? They get there. Oh, he's gone. You ever watch any of those live, like, if you go on YouTube and they have, like, those wildlife live feeds? I we, always, we always cover, like, Fat Bear Week at Adventure Journal. And, um, okay. 
and and I don't really think of it until that happens. Right. Actually, yeah, when is that's got to that already happened? Soon. It's got to be soon. Yeah, uh, and I'll I'll have that Brooks that Brooks River whatever the one with all the bears like chill yeah. in that like little waterfall. I'll have that on in the background all the time. That's great. It's really fun. All right, man. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Uh, but I want to ask our audience before you move on to that next podcast or shut down your phone, please follow or subscribe to the Rock Fight and rate us maybe a five star rating. C- can you do six? Six stars if they, they got it. Six star. I was hated asking that. I just felt like because I, I almost never do that when somebody asks me to do that on YouTube or podcasts. But apparent, but it really does actually help out the show and helps grow the show. So it really it'd be awesome. And I don't. We don't need people going. You know, if they, I'm going to go four stars because really they're not quite. Just give us five stars. Come on, give us five. Just give us that fifth star. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more outdoor ideas that aim for your head. You got anything else you want to plug or uh, anything going on in AJ going on this week that you want to throw out there? Uh, my boss is on vacation, so uh, he's having a really good time. And uh, I'm doing an excellent job manning the fort while he's gone. But uh, AJ's on go. a little bit of a fallow period while, while, while the boss is on vacation. There you go. All right, well, so go to adventure-journal.com to read about uh, Justin's uh, trail experience that he told us about earlier in the episode. And uh, we'll get out of here. So the Rock Fight's a production of Rock Fight LLC. For Justin Housman, I'm Colin True. And here to take us out, as always, is Less Than Jake's Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight! Rock Fight!